Hi, how are you? It's Aubrey from Be The Evidence Podcast. Susan Grace and I are so excited that you are here. You're joining in these conversations. We love having them and hearing from you. And Be The Evidence, you learn about consciousness, about astrology, about wellness practices, and we love doing it. So a couple of new things that are applicable for the month of April. We are doing dual readings where you can book Susan and I at the same time. And it's this beautiful blend of absolute magic. And it's magic from astrology charts and then information from your guides and downloaded messages and images and tarot draws that are really pertinent to where you are in your specific needs right now. If you're interested in having a dual reading with us, please go to the show notes or go ahead and email us at betheevidencepodcast at gmail.com. The show notes do contain all of the information though as well, along with additional links that you can check us out from. Another thing that we have just launched, which we are so stinking stoked about, is in bonus interviews. So these bonus interviews are with change makers. They are with intuitives. They are with people that are inspirational, that are walking, talking examples of what be the evidence truly means. And they are standing up for the world that they want to see in so many different ways. And it's really empowering and impactful to give them a listen. So if you're curious about these bonus episodes of the interview series, you can not only find it within the podcast. If you go back to episodes, you'll see bonus and it will be a podcast uh, interview, but you can also visually see us. We are on YouTube and Venmo and that's at Be The Evidence. So that's another way to access us. Beyond that, Susan and I have created the thriving and super supportive community of Be The Evidence Live. This community is amazing. It is filled with up-to-date, real-time astrological text messages to keep you aware of the energies as they shift, which is badass. Then you also get live calls, and if you can't make the live calls, you get recorded access to them. There, You get access to all of our goodies ahead of everybody else. You also can get presence practices and guided meditations that can help keep you centered. There is a private group that takes place that's full of really supportive people that are also walking this path of consciousness and becoming the evidence of the life that they would like to see in the world. So there's lots of ways that you can plug in and connect with Susan and I. No matter which way you reach out to us, know that we are deeply, deeply grateful for you. We're deeply grateful for the time that you are taking to listen into these conversations. We are deeply grateful for the way that you show up in the world. We are really grateful for the ways that you acknowledge your humanness and how you are willing to expand. Thank you. And now, without further ado, here's the podcast. Welcome to a new day. Right. It really is a new day 
in that we have a new moon in Aries. Mm -hmm. We really should be setting the reset button, except that it's been 50 years since Chiron was in Aries when we had a new moon. Mm. It's worth noting. So interesting. It's so fascinating. What do you think, what do you make of that? I think it's important to recognize that we've hurt ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because Chiron was, is within the first 10 degrees. Recognize how we've hurt ourselves. I don't think that Aries is very prone to wanting to do that. Hell no, we're not. <laughs> it's like, keep moving. Come on. Now, let's we're go. Done. We're done. That happened. It's over and hustle hard. And we're done. Future go forward. forward. That's right. We don't go back. So you would have to be 70, 80 years old, something like that, to be an adult when we had a new moon in Aries with Chiron at it. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about legacy? <laughs> I have such an, an Eric's reaction to my brain because I go, like, if I'm going to leave one, is that like, is that a conversation that we're having? Uh, uh, I, I think that, I mean, my head's been in a bunch of research lately about epigenetics and like how we carry stories and um, genes of our ancestors. And so there's this conversation that's happening in my world about how do we use the legacy of our humanness right now to change future genetics, to change future ways of being in the world? And that only can begin and end with us reclaiming and recognizing ourselves spiritually, but also like physically and nutritionally and socially and mentally and emotionally, right? So I think that the conversation about like, how do I feel about legacy is that it's not individually, um, it's not individualized. It is dependent upon your role within society. It's dependent upon your role within recognizing your ancestry. It's dependent upon your willingness to be vulnerable and to engage with humanity. But are you sure? Are you sure that it's not individual? No, it's definitely an individual experience. However, it has significance and bearing on interacting with others like nobody that i've ever seen that has become like bill gates right like he is a legacy in his own right like he had created a legacy from apple products he did that all on his own for the most part however if he wouldn't have had investors if he wouldn't have had other colleagues to have conversations with he would not have gotten to where he is as by himself Right? Like, oh, I'm so anti that. I'm so anti that. What are you anti? I'm anti that if you are in your basement, that you know for sure this is something that's going to take off, 
you should keep doing that without investors. But Am you, I off? No, I, I don't think that you need investors. I think that you have to engage with humanity though. You can be in the basement creating the best thing that's ever existed. And if you are just in the basement by yourself creating this, it's never going to have the legacy. It's never going to be that have the potential that it has if you are willing to share it with humanity. You have to be willing to take it out into the realm or in the world. I know. We talk about this often with Be the Evidence, right? With Be the Evidence, we're like, we have to go further. Good. We have to. Why is that? Why do we, why, when you get your hook plucked into something, why do you feel like you have to go further? I mean, I, well, I do it on several, I'm getting my PhD, as you know, and a lot of our listeners know. So obviously I'm pursuing to go further in academia. Um, and I do it for two reasons. One, to prove myself, to prove that I'm capable, to prove that like these inklings that I have about uh, humanity, consciousness, mindfulness, being in your body are there for a reason that I need to expand upon, right? That I have a gift to give and for my gift, it requires extra ed education. So there's like that personal challenge of like, how do you take this forward and deliver something beyond just, um, you know, it's birthing it. It's really bringing it into the world and allowing it to be birthed rather than in the background. Yeah. I feel a, I feel a pushback about patriarchy. You don't need permission ever. Right. You don't need allowance. You don't need someone to say, oh, yes, you're totally approved. You can do anything. Mm-hmm. I think that's very fucking important about liberation. You do not need permission ever. Mm -hmm. Let's be careful about that. You don't need permission about human trafficking. No, you do need permission about that. You don't need permission about um abusing vulnerability yes you do need permission about that right mm -hmm. but if you're going to create something new that's outside the norms that actually brings us forward you do not need permission mm -hmm. i have about darkness in general you have to have the darkness to find the light. Right. There was a time um, about seven years ago, whenever I said, darkness does not exist. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I was wrong. I was wrong. Darkness does exist. How do you feel about that? Like I just said, I mean, that you have to have darkness to find the light, that that's part of the yin and yang in life. I mean, that's part of the acidity and alkalinity. That's part of the balance. You have to have both. It's not like, okay, but how do you feel about it as a person? 
that is part of our stories. That is part of You're the- not scared at all? I mean, of course, like there's fear that comes up of being in the shadows, of being in darkness, of being in trauma. Nobody actually goes out of their way and is like, oh, I seek this. There's always fear of ways of being hurt because nobody really wants that to actually happen. However, like from a, a zoomed out perspective of like, from a spiritual perspective, no, I'm not scared of it because you have to have both of them to have the richness of life. Right, but being a human, it's kind of scary, right? Of course. Yeah. I don't think anybody would yeah, Because that. the darkness has no boundaries, ever. It can hit you from anywhere. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with that? You put your life preserver on. You draw towards the light. You take care of yourself. You fill your life with joy as much as you can. I really feel like it's a lesson to understand that you are eternal, no matter what. Um, there was a practitioner who said recently to me, and I rejected it, but now I'm starting to understand that, you know, there are people who have taken lifetimes to understand their lessons, lifetimes. That if you get taken out by darkness, you're right. You're right. Do you think that this conversation is coming up because of all of the placements in Pisces? Absolutely. So much karma is coming up. I think that there's a very strong consideration of how much have you been through? Mm -hmm. And is it going to end now or is it going to continue? Aubrey, Susan, <laughs> how do you feel? Do you feel like it's going to end now or continue? I mean, I think that's all just a matter of choice, right? Like you, you can't choose. You can, is it a choice? Yes, it is. Like you can viscerally choose. Oh, this is going to end now. And then you can also like cognitively choose. I'm done with this pattern, right? Like you, it's an act of participation beyond just the thought processes, an act of participation in choosing to no longer um, engage in circumstances with people, with events in the same way that you once did. So yeah, I do believe that it's an act of choice, but you have to be aware of the choice that you're making in order to make that choice. Right. The awareness, right? Awareness is everything. Right. Think about for consideration, all the lives that you've lived ever. When you're like, oh, fuck, I OD'd on cough medicine and it took me out. Or I thought I was standing up for my family and it ended up being a gang. You know, think about all the ways that you're like, holy fuck, I got taken out. Mm-hmm. 
Are you going to get taken out now? Without knowing? I would like to think that we're becoming more aware that we can go, this, this looks bad. Mm -hmm. But what if you're not? What if you're not that aware, right? What I'm starting to consider is that I don't fucking know when I'm going to be taken out. I don't know. But what I know for certain is that I am eternal. I never end. And that matters. Mm -hmm. It does matter. And I also think it's just a conversation about like, it is a conversation of choice. Um, because it's very easy to choose to live unconsciously. It's very easily to like self-medicate, right? Like it's easy to pop pills. It's easy to drink a bunch of drinks. It's easy to get yourself in relationships that do not. So the hardest, the hardest thing about life is showing up. Yeah. In showing up authentically and in integrity. It, it, it's a lot easier to show up on and to... <laughs> To play the role of, oh, I'm showing up, but I'm doing so at a superficial level. I'm having the conversations. I'm wearing the clothes. I'm doing the surface level of, I'm making the appearance that I'm really invested and conscious. I look, I look good. I talk good. Right. It's a lot more difficult to actually be in your authenticity and your vulnerability and recognize the fact that like, that may mean you have to name Oh, I've been self-medicating for years. I don't actually know how to be with myself unless I'm doing drugs, unless I'm doing an alcohol, unless I'm in abusive relationships, right? You have to be really authentically vulnerable. And the reality is people don't want to do that all the time because it fucking sucks. It's uncomfortable. Right. And you might have to say, hey, I'm willing to admit this right now. Here it goes. I'm an asshole. Right. I act like an asshole a lot. To have to say that, that's hard. You're an Aries. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you face this a lot. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, but I also think, like, for me in my experience there's been a lot of positivity with it, right? Like, but I also, like, my I'm studying grit and I'm studying perseverance right now and I'm studying resiliency. Those factors, those contributions, those traits of what makes somebody resilient is that they walk up to the places where they have the shadows, where they have the hurt, where they have the, hey, I'm self-medicating because I don't want to deal with actual reality. And they name it and it actually shifts their perspective within the world. They name it because then you're able to make a choice to do things differently rather than to engage in the same broken pattern that's never really be, been of service. It may have kept you alive at one point in time, but it has run its course. Self-loathing, the, the, the remedy for self-loathing is to come back to yourself and go, hey, you're self-loathing. Mm -hmm. That's the remedy. When you come back to yourself and go, hey, 
You're being a fucking dick to yourself. That's what you're doing. That is the remedy to self-loathing is stop it. Stop. Yeah, you have to interrupt the loop. The loop has been played out over and over and over again of this is how I respond. Oh, I don't sleep. So then I do a bunch of amphetamines or I take things that keep me up, right? Like, so that way I can get over through my day. Like you have to interrupt the loop and be like, well, I once chose that, but now I'm not choosing it anymore. Like you have I really, to Yeah, I really feel for addicts, really. It takes a lot of concentration to not be an addict. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is we all have addictive qualities no matter what. Whether it's right. no matter what. visibly and viscerally taking a, a pill, a drug, alcohol, whatever, or I'm engaging in the same thought process of beating myself up. They're all on replay, on repeat. They're predictable. So you have to figure out ways. You don't have to. The ability to move into consciousness is to figure out ways to interrupt those cycles and interrupt those loops, to interject moments, even if they are 30-second increments of consciousness, of awareness, of true presence. I really love how you talk about um, bettering yourself. Mm -hmm. You talk about like, okay, can you just put lemon in your water? Can you do that? Right. I really like how you talk about increments. Like, um, maybe we won't have hamburgers, but like go buy actual beef and cook an actual hamburger. Mm -hmm. That's a win. Yeah. The way that you talk about incrementally bettering yourself is brilliant. Brilliant. I think the way, that, the way that you give um, A's, quote A's, to people just for putting lemon in their water is brilliant. That comes after being sitting with people for 15 years and recognizing that, like, <laughs> we're all just fucking human. We're yeah. all doing the best that we can. And sometimes our best lasts a minute. Sometimes our best lasts an hour. Sometimes our best is for a month. And sometimes it's for seven years. But we don't collectively pay enough attention to those wins. We're very equal, we're very likely to go, oh, yeah, I did, I ate well, or I exercised for an hour. But you know, the rest of my day, I was really a jerk to everybody in my life. I didn't really drink any water. I was super snappy and I didn't enjoy my job at all. Right? Like we're more likely to focus on the negativity and this is like, this is the PhD right here of like, how do we shift the focus more into the positivity because you are doing amazing things and you have to recognize them in order to increase their capacity, increase their like visibility within your worlds. Every 30 seconds that you catch yourself and bring yourself back into presence is a win. Yes. Every 30 seconds. Every 30 seconds, if you're like, fuck, I'm doing it again. Yep. You're winning. You're winning. Yep. That is becoming more and more pertinent as the old system is collapsing. You have to re-engage what it means to be human. You have to. 
and I think that requires you um, to not think that the way you were once a human is how you're going to be a human. I used to work in restaurants and I would pull doubles, right? And I'd work 14 hour days. And I was in a really unhealthy relationship. Um, and because I was on my feet all the time, I was eating not the best, right? And I was a student, so I'm like under high amounts of stress. And when you work in, at least for me, in the restaurants that I've worked in, there's a definite culture of um, alcoholism and getting off the clock and being around drinks. And because that's how you burn off the steam from working for 14 hours, right? And that was normal for a long time. Like I thought that like, oh, I need, I feel more human after working and pushing my body like this once I've had a drink because then my stress levels can come down. Then I can just sit and be with you can be human. I can be human in the world. And now I look at that and I, that is not humanness to me anymore. That is not, my humanness now is to walk in the woods and to cry when I need to cry, to acknowledge to my friends, hey, I'm feeling really fucking vulnerable right now. I need some serious support. It's not to push myself to the way that I once did. So I think that conversation of like, how do we re-engage as humans is to also equally drop the ways and the mannerisms which we once existed under, whether it be in relationship or self-medicating or ignoring our bodies or taking stress out on our bodies. Whatever once way we participated with ourselves, that's no longer going to be relevant if we are willing to break that cycle. Right. I just got my bike refurbished. Yep. I've been going on bike rides. When I ride on my bike, this sounds so fucking silly compared to the wild ass life I've lived so far. Like I've done drugs, alcohol, everything. Okay. For me to be riding on my bike being like, this is the first time I've felt alive. Mm -hmm. That means something. Absolutely. It means something. Be human. Be human. Yeah. I think that you and I do readings together. Um, and uh, I, I, we both sit with clients that are looking for what's their life purpose. Why are they here? What is the reason for their existence, right? Like help us see how to get there. And I think that a lot of times, and I know that you and I've said this in dual readings, and so I'm gonna venture to know that you've probably said it in individual readings as well that you just have to start trying stuff. That you have to go and get yourself at the fair. You have to go get on the bike. That you have to go walk around your neighborhood. That you have to go and watch a movie by yourself. You just have to start doing things in order to figure out where is this joy? What, what brings me alive as a human? Because we have lived systematically so long in having our joy turned down. Un just start. Right. And if you're an adult alive right now, then you have been a child of the 50s, 60s, 70s, maybe 80s and 90s, maybe. Okay. You have been 
uninformed. You have been uninformed. If you're alive right now as an adult, you have been uninformed about how we operate best as humans. Let's relearn. Do you know, I live in Dallas. I live in Dallas, Texas, and we're about to test flight flying cars. If you're an adult right now, you do not recognize how amazing life is about to get. But you have to understand who you are as a human. It's true. Did I blow your mind a little bit in Dallas? I told my son about this this morning and he was like, I don't get it. Who's going to drive them? Are they safe? And I was Who's like, going to drive them? I was I like your son. <laughs> Who's going to drive them? <laughs> like, Are they certified? I know. I was like, I don't know. And there's going to be, and, and my point to him because he likes to tinker with things, right? And I think this is important for everybody. Is that all of it requires tinkering. Like you can test flight this car, but then there's going to be issues with it. And they're going to have to come back to the drawing board. Just like us figuring out what makes us human, what makes us alive, what brings us joy. Is that we go in and we change it, we tackle it, we don't do what we've been doing. We do something else for a day. And then we go, actually, you know what? That's not right. That's not my set point. Let me try again. Right. Remain curious, please. The future of humanity is remain curious, please. Flying cars, awesome. Let's do that shit. Awesome. Okay. 3D printers, printing hearts. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's do it. Aubrey doesn't like that. Aubrey is like, no, never. Aubrey, I want to tell this story. Okay, good. <laughs> I don't know where we're going. Good, I, guess. I, was telling, I was telling this story to Aubrey about how she loses her arm unexpectedly or whatever. And Kai is like, mom, put the robotic arm on right now. And she's like, no, it will take over my body. I'm not going to do it. And Kai's like, put the robotic arm on right now. What are you talking about? We have to adapt. We have to adapt. We have to be willing to adapt. And being willing to adapt means to actually acknowledge where you're not showing up for yourself, where you haven't been showing up for yourself, where karma is still holding on to you. And where you're putting a cap on possibility. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm serious. When, if you went back to my 20-year-old self and you said, what do you want to be when you grow up? Never in 500,000 years would I say, I'm going to be reading astrology charts on something called a web that covers the world. That would have fucking terrified me. No, no, never. And so maybe, Aubrey, you're going to do something that does not comprehend right now. I have what no doubt about, about that. I have no doubt about that. Yay! <laughs> fully in the awareness of it. Just like I'm fully in the awareness that all of us have that capability. 
That's right. just right. me. That's not just you. All of unlimited them. possibility. Seriously. Yeah. Mm -hmm.